0: guys, I'm Aiden of Blue Couch Productions, and welcome to Aiden on Anchor. Aiden on Anchor is a podcast focusing on my life. I'll tell you a lot about myself and hopefully provide value through experience. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is episode 51. Currently recording this on April 9th, 2020 at about 2.07 p.m., the last podcast episode for April, and I'm feeling good. I got a lot of these recorded in pretty record time. Kind of finishing them early, letting them come out over the course of April so I can work on other things, and I'm excited about today's episode because we're going to be talking once again about a variety of stuff off the top of my head. I'm going to be talking about my new video that came out, the Why I Don't Like Dark Souls video. Uh, At least it's the video that came out at the time of me recording this. There might have been another video in April. Who knows? Uh, But we're talking about the Dark Souls video. We're also going to be talking about my review of Alice in Wonderland, which, fun fact, happens to be Zack's favorite Disney movie, so that'll be cool. And then we're also going to talk about my addiction to Pokemon Sword and Shield. This is more of a recent thing, but it's something pretty interesting. And uh, yeah, if we have anything else to talk about, we'll mention it here, but those are at least going to be the three main topics. So without any further ado, let's get started by talking first off about my recent Dark Souls video. So, me and Dark Souls have had quite the relationship over the years, I've never really cared for the game all that much, nor did I really get the popularity of it, and I kind of always have wanted to make a video about why I don't personally care about Dark Souls, Uh, but it never quite felt right to do so, because I hadn't played the game uh, for a while, and then I finally did a Let's Play, and then I was kind of scared to for a while, because everybody in the Discord loves Dark Souls to a certain degree. And so it was always a thing that I just kept putting off and putting off and putting off and putting off until this month where I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Like I was watching a, um, a Zack Snyder plays video of him talking about why he didn't like Dark Souls. And I'm like, you know what? I kind of want to talk about Dark Souls. So I get the whole film set up. I record the whole video. It's like 16 minutes or whatever to edit it, put it out. And uh, yeah, it just came out at the time of recording this. I haven't got any comments or anything yet. Uh, but it'll be interesting to read them and see what the general reaction is, because I, I, I talked to people about the video before it came out, and everybody seemed pretty cool with me being like, yeah, I don't care for Dark Souls, here are a couple of issues with the game. Uh, but that that's before they saw the video, so maybe they'll see it and they'll be like, no, fuck you, or maybe they'll be like, oh, uh, you make some points. So, we'll have to see. I'm always nervous about posting videos that are like negative in nature. Uh, The Starlink video, for example, on Back to the Video Games. I had such a huge worry about it and why that video hasn't held up in a lot of ways. um, Mainly just because I hadn't played the game before. I I do think it's good for me at least to every now and then get more into the negative side of things. I'm always a positive person. I like talking about the things that make me happy, the things that I love and enjoy. It just comes natural uh, and it's always harder to just like rant about something that I absolutely hate. But I want to try to like dig into that a little bit more in 2020, especially about stuff that I've been wanting to talk about for a while. So now there's just more negative videos, whether it's the Starlink one, the Lion King one, uh, and now the Dark Souls one. We have had three recently, which is not a thing that happens very often. And uh, don't worry, my channel isn't going to become a bunch of negative videos. Absolutely not. It's still primarily going to be a focus on positivity just because that's easier for me and it's what I like doing. And i want to put more positive things into the world in general Uh, but for things that i have maybe you know a little bit of a harsher opinion on you're gonna get a couple of videos like that every once in a while and of course i'll always try my best to look at both sides to try and not just say shit to say shit i know that's pretty common at least in terms of like youtube negative videos of just people riling up other people by saying the most outlandish claims Uh, A lot of my claims by comparison, even in my most negative videos, are, like, fairly obvious and very personal to me. Um, So they always have, like, a little bit of a a connection there, at least with what I personally don't like. And if you guys don't, that's fine. But, like, again, I want to get more in tune with, with me and my personality and the type of stuff I discuss on the channel. And so I'm hoping that people receive the Dark Souls video very well. I know from an editing perspective, it's pretty good. I like the gameplay, I like the transitions. I like the way the video is structured. I even now started doing a thing where usually when I make a video like this, I just put in like a bunch of different audio tracks. And uh, I thought the pacing kind of made that feel a little disjointed. So in the new Dark Souls video, I only have like four. So you just hear the first four tracks and then they repeat halfway through the video. And uh, so I'm interested to see if people have a reaction to that as well. Because personally, I think it flows if you have similar sounding songs back to back that kind of come together rather than like nine or 10 separate songs over the course of a long video. So there's that. Um I guess in terms of other YouTube stuff, I guess while I'm on the subject, uh I do want to talk just briefly about like another realization that I came to and, th- and that is if I have a video that's public on Blue Catch Productions and it's a video that I'm actually putting out, uh, the rule now is pretty much it has to be less than 30 minutes. Um <laughs> and that's just more of like It's a limitation for sure, but it's a limitation that I think really breeds creativity because I'm the type of person that can talk forever. Um, This podcast should be a pretty good example of the fact that I can talk for literally however long I need to and just keep going on and on and on and on and on. And for videos specifically, that can be kind of a hindrance because it ends up affecting both the pacing, the editing, flow of videos, and I think it makes them less interesting to watch. So i've made it a rule now at least with any video that i put out on blue catch productions that it has to be under 30 minutes because what that does for me is it really makes me focus in and be like all right i can only talk about a couple of things here what are the points that actually matter for me and that helps a ton with like writing with planning a video with filming a video i know if i'm like filming and i have like an hour of footage chances are it's not gonna be really all that good Uh, and I did the same thing with back to the video games too, even. And I think a lot of those, the longer those videos get, none of them have hit 30 minutes, but the longer those videos get, the worse off they tend to be. Um, at least in terms of like, just, uh, again, pacing and editing, but also like viewer retention rate. If you ever go into analytics and you like look at YouTube videos and you uh, look at the retention rate, you can see how long people typically stay on a video and when they drop off and for longer videos that retention rate is lower so I try to keep things short and manageable and I imagine from a viewer perspective it's a lot easier to click on a video that's only 15 13 16 minutes rather than a video that's 30 45 or an hour I like the longer form content I love those long ass analysis videos I'll probably continue to watch them myself But I just don't think it's a smart move for a channel my size to be putting out hours and hours worth of content that probably isn't even going to be watched all the way through. I'm better off making more short, more concise videos and then working on making those videos really good and improving and then getting to a point where maybe later down the road, once I get a bit more of a following... I can actually do the longer type stuff, but, uh, yeah, those were just some of the thoughts that I, that I had while working on the Dark Souls video. Again, hope you all enjoy it. Hope you all enjoy the, the behind the scenes YouTube talk. I've been listening to a podcast called Check the Wire, which is, uh, by Northern Line and Dan Geesling, I think. Such a, such a wild last name, Geesling, Like, (laughs) You can tell that's Canadian in some form or fashion or French or whatever. I don't know. Uh, Point being, the podcast is wonderful, and they talk about a lot of YouTube behind-the-scenes baseball stuff, and I really have fun talking about that on the YouTube podcast, but I also want to just put in a little bit of it here as well, just so, like, people who want to know what's been going on in my YouTube world can kind of figure that out, and if you didn't know that I made YouTube videos, link in the description to all that stuff down below. But, yeah, that's it as far as the Dark Souls topic is concerned. Let's move on now and talk about another Disney movie. Oh, boy, yeah, we're getting through them. There's 45 of these hand-drawn films, and I've maybe talked about, like, five or six or so. Uh, And so, like, I've been watching them all the time, and I really do want to get, like, an opportunity to talk about them whenever I can. And the movie that I watched real recently, for the first time, actually, I've never seen this movie before, uh, was Alice in Wonderland. And this, I believe, was Disney's, like, pretty early on. If it's not 9th or 10th, it's, like, 11th or 12th of uh, their animated films. It was, like, the 11th or 12th film they had made. Uh, so it was still relatively early on. Uh, stars Catherine Beaumont, who you might know as the girl character, Wendy, from Peter Pan. She had her own movie before that. And, uh, yeah, I enjoy this. I enjoy Alice in Wonderland a lot, but not for the typical reasons that I enjoy a lot of Disney movies. Uh, the plot, for example, is just nonsense the whole way through. Like if you want to follow it, that's fine. And there is like some really good character moments, I think with Alice specifically, but that's not the strength of the movie. That's not what you come to watch Alice in Wonderland for. What you come to watch the movie for is the fact that it's nonsense And visually, and animation-wise, they really do lean into that angle, and so we get to see a lot of cool designs, a lot of cool creatures, the worlds that Alice is exploring in Wonderland the weird side stories and side characters that have nothing to do with the rest of the plot whatsoever. Visually. I think this movie is just an absolute treat from beginning to end. It's like, if they took that pink elephants on parade section from Dumbo, you know, that part in Dumbo where they like drink a little bit of alcohol by accident. And he just hallucinates with this crazy Dumbo, like uh, dreamscape with like these big pink elephants and bubbles and shit. And it's like a trip all the way through. That's the whole movie of Alice in Wonderland. Uh, And they they were very smart about it, too, because, like, a movie like this, I think that's just all nonsense all the time, can get very grating on you. Uh, But luckily, they were smart in the fact that this is actually one of Disney's shorter films. It's only about an hour and 15 minutes, and uh, five or so of those minutes is just kind of normal. This is Alice's world, and then we kind of have a whole hour, basically, dedicated to nonsense. I I was just surprised at how well the, the movie, in general flowed together. Um, but of course it wouldn't be an Alice in Wonderland review if we didn't talk about some of the characters that Alice meets along the way. In particular, some of my favorites include Mr. Dodo, who just, uh, (laughs) I guess he's a sailor or whatever. And he like rides another bird in the ocean. And that's just the first time we see him. And then later on, he has a thing where everybody runs around in circles and Alice is like, well, why the hell are you doing that. And it's like to get dry, but every like five or six seconds, a wave hits them. And then they got to do the whole thing again. And it just goes on and on. And then later in the movie, when Alice gets big, like really big inside the rabbit's house, Mr. Dodo's the one to get the idea to like, go ahead and, and burn, burn the house. so They can get him out. And she's, he's asking for matches and stuff and everything like that. I just found him to be really interesting for some reason. I don't know. I don't know what about him. Maybe it was his accent. Uh, but he kind of has this, like, kind of proper, almost, almost Pip-Pip Cheerio kind of accent that I really do like about him, I don't know, he was just charming, as all hell, uh, speaking of charming, let me talk to you about now, probably some of my favorite characters, Tweedledee and Tweedledum, they're stupid, they just say dumb shit all the time, and, you know, coming from a Gen Z, millennial Twitter humor kind of guy, I love that shit in Cat in the Hat, and I love it when older movies just go off the fucking rails, and Tweedledee and Tweedledum literally do that in this movie, because they just interrupt the entire flow, the entire pace of the movie, to tell us a story about a walrus and a carpenter, and him eating a bunch of oysters, and you're like, oh, uh okay why are we derailing the movie for this five minute short but then as I'm watching the short I'm really getting into it I'm enjoying it I love the wacky nature and basically the story ends and they're like wow this this story has a moral doesn't it and Alice is like maybe if you're an oyster and I just realized that like there is no moral to this there is absolutely no point to this whatsoever the movie just stopped it completely changed gears into a Walrus and Carpenter story that was hilarious, by the way, and I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it, despite the fact that it probably did not fit well in pacing and you could probably nitpick it to death if you really wanted to. Uh, I really do like when movies like have the balls to take risks like that and to try something different and in a movie like Alice in Wonderland where so much of what's happening on the screen is nonsense they do have to change it up and how they get from one wacky location to another and I think having the characters like Tweedledee and Tweedledum tell a story and that you think is going to be actually important and then it turns out it's just a waste of time that to me is brilliant I think it was my favorite part of the movie overall and then of course you also have the Mad Hatter. You have the rabbit. You have a little like a little homie who lives in the, in the teapot, like a fucking a mouse or whatever. And he just looks stoned out of his mind. And he just he just talks in a very tiny little voice. Cracked up at him a good bit. And then the queen. God, the queen. Uh, she's just loud and annoying and she reminded me a lot of, a lot of YouTubers speaking of which a lot of reaction YouTubers, I think, borrow a lot from the queen specifically. And you know, it's annoying there. And thankfully the movie understands that it's annoying here because Alice and all the other characters have enough with her, but she's in a, she's in a position of power. So they can't really do anything about that. Uh, I didn't realize that the King was also in this movie, but apparently he's just a simp he just does whatever the queen wants him to, and he's just happy about it for some reason, even though he should be the king. He he should be the leader of power, but he's not. It's just a mess. Uh, there, there was a lot of points watching this movie when I realized uh, that I've, I've seen Alice in Wonderland before, but not this version, nor have I seen the Tim Carrey version. Ver- not Tim Carrey. Uh, that's not even an actor. It's Jim Carrey. Um, who, is it? who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Johnny Depp. I haven't seen the Johnny Depp version, of Alice in Wonderland but I remember as a kid watching a live-action Alice in Wonderland and I don't know let me look it up real quick um, there's like a, it's like a 2000s one Alice in Wonderland live-action is it 85 no that's not right is it 99 apparently they've remade this film like a thousand times Yeah, it's the 1999 version of Alice in Wonderland, and it's also live action, and it has, like, Whoopi Goldberg as the Cheshire Cat and the Queen and stuff, but the wildin' part about that movie specifically was that was the first version of Alice in Wonderland I saw, and, uh, turns out, uh, after looking into it, like, they borrow shit from the second book a lot, so yeah, the Queen is here and the Cheshire Cat and all the popular characters, but there's also a turtle, there's also the griffin. There's also just like a bunch of weird shit in here from the second book and I'm like, "Oh, okay, I guess this is just how the story's always been." So it was wild coming back to this version and be like, "Wait a minute. I don't remember these characters. I don't remember them being a thing. I didn't remember the dodo. I didn't remember uh the the plants and the flower shit or any of that." And so there was a lot about the the original source material. I think I just didn't know. So uh yeah, that's wild that I just remembered like another Alice in Wonderland way farther back that I didn't even see the Disney version originally. And, and to be fair, that's kind of a tragedy because this Disney version is really good. I would say the only weaknesses with the film come down to two things. Uh, one of which is very minor. And that is the fact that like a lot of the songs ain't good. Uh, it's not a musical, but a lot of people do come to these Disney movies for the songs themselves and while they're fine. Uh, golden hour is my favorite for anyone wanting to know the rest of them are just kind of okay. And then the other major weakness, I think, is Alice herself. The film has just so much color and imagination and, and really creative stuff on the screen. And Alice is just kind of the boring, stereotypical girl that grounds it all. And she does have a couple of good moments of like realizing uh, just just to appreciate the world that she lives in and how rules are important and everything. And it has a great message overall. But she herself is boring. She's mainly there just to, like, look at everything else and kind of uh, act as an audience surrogate. But I would have wished there was a little bit more to her, personally. She's she pretty well... She has a really good voice. Catherine Beaumont does a pretty good job. I just wish there was more to the character. But honestly, those are the only two weaknesses. The film visually is wonderful. I love the nonsensical pacing of it all. Uh, I, I think I just love this story in a, in and in, in just... The fact that it is so out there, uh, I just appreciate it a whole lot, I and mean, I like this Disney version a bunch. I'd probably give it like an eight or nine out of ten. It was really solid. Go watch Alice in Wonderland if you never have before. Uh, I enjoyed it, and hey, let me know if you've watched any of the other weirder live-action Alice in Wonderland. It's not the not the Johnny Depp one, but the other ones. So, yeah. Um, okay, so we talked about Alice in Wonderland. We've talked about Dark Souls. The last thing up on the docket that I need to tell you about is my pokemon sword addiction recently uh, i have mentioned before on the podcast how i've had just sort of a craving to get back into pokemon and then when pokemon sword and shield came out i was worried i was nervous i live streamed through the game i made a video about it i played through it again on a separate profile uh i've beaten the game twice now i've done all the post game stuff everything and i was just drill into it And then after the game came out, January, February, and hell, even a good bit of March, I kind of just laid off a Pokemon Sword and Shield. I did a couple of live streams, but it never really was a thing where I was like, eh, I don't really want to play Pokemon right now. There's just a lot of other games coming out that I'm interested in. And of course I'm busy working on videos and such, but somehow, some way, and I don't know why it was, it's, it's basically been just this April where I've just had a hankering to play Pokemon. It was just one random day in April and I'm like, man. I want to play Pokemon Sword and Chill really bad. And I pick it up, and I'm just catching a couple of Pokemon, you know, casually, like waiting for something to render, I think. And uh, eventually I just catch another one, and another one, and another one, and another one. And then sooner or later, I'm basically now like 10 Pokemon away from filling out the national decks, because I already had all the, the previous generation Pokemon from other games, and I moved them over with Pokemon Home. But I'm only missing like a couple more Galar Pokemon, and I'll have the Pokedex filled out. And then I'm like, well, I wonder what else I can do since I'm enjoying this so much. Uh, And then I went item hunting for competitive shit. And then basically I ended up forming a, a completely competitive team. And I basically just for the past two or three days, I'll wake up. I'll get my Switch out, I'll go to the Battle Tower, and I'll just play through a bunch of Battle Tower tiers, single and double battle, collecting as much BP as humanly possible, uh, just so I can get the right natures for my Pokemon, uh, being able to get the right abilities for Pokemon, changing out moves, hunting for TRs, all that sort of stuff. I've just been very addicted to it and I don't know I've always been addicted to Pokemon I like the gameplay formula and the like but I think I missed something in Sword and Shield when I really didn't like pay attention to just how much of a daily activity Sword and Shield is Uh, just in the sense that like uh, most Pokemon games you play them and you play through it once and that's it typically you have a little bit of post-game stuff maybe you do a little bit of competitive battling but that's it uh, Sword and Shield, meanwhile, on top of the, the daily raids that you can do with people, uh, in the wild area, there's different Pokemon depending on the weather habits, which are also daily. Uh, the TRs that the guys sell, they're not the same every time. Those change, again, daily. Um, the The things that you're able to look at and see and do, and it's like if you play sword and shield every day you'll always have at least an hour or two of just unique gameplay all your own and when you're not doing that you're doing battle tower stuff you're leveling up pokemon you're ivy training your ev training you're collecting bottle caps you're, you're grinding out you're trying out different teams as a whole and, and granted a, a lot of older pokemon games have that competitive element but i think more than ever sword and shield really leans into that and makes it easy breeding is easier IVs are easier EVs are easier and I guess I never just really gave credit to that in the video. So that kind of made me sad. But hey, on the plus side, I'm having a blast playing Pokemon again. Uh, I'm probably going to play more after this episode of Aiden on Anchor. It's just become kind of a little daily activity. It doesn't take much time. I can typically like pull up a podcast or a YouTube video or wait something to render. So it kind of fits in with my schedule as well. And I've just kind of come into a little bit of this bliss, I guess. Uh, I know animal crossing is like that for a lot of people where they just kind of pick it up, play it for an hour or two every day. And then like, in the meantime, they're working on something else as well, because you don't have to think about it. Pokemon. You don't have to think about it's so casual. So easy to do. I guess, I guess that's why like shiny hunting and live streaming the game is so popular as it is. I can't wait to live stream more of it myself. And uh, on top of that, that energy is also carried over to the fact that like we're doing monthly battle league season four early because of the coronavirus and the outbreak and the fact that everybody has free time. But more than anything, I just want to play more Pokemon. So we're getting the teams set up. We're doing scheduling. We're doing drafting. Hopefully, by the time this episode comes out, the season will have been properly started. But who knows. Uh, and yeah, I've just had a lot of fun with Pokemon again. It's a franchise that I kind of go off and on with where I enjoy it for a long time and then kind of step back from it a little bit. And I'm finally at a point now, I guess in my life where I can enjoy it again. And that makes me really happy because I get a lot of happiness from Pokemon as a whole. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Those are the topics. I don't want to make the episode longer than it needs to be. I've been enjoying these kind of short episodes of Ain't on Anchor. Hopefully you enjoyed the intro. As always, that was new from last episode and the intro music. Be sure to give me feedback on that. Feedback about what you thought about this episode and the topics I talked about. I guess a little question of the day here. Is there any games that you can just kind of get into a zen state with that you play for like an hour or two every day? Whether it's Animal Crossing, Pokemon, or whatever. I'd love to hear it. Uh, go ahead and just leave me an answer to that on Twitter or Discord or any of my social medias. Link to the description down below and all that sort of fun stuff. And hey, if you want to support the podcast, we'll look at that. You can either on Anchor or on Patreon. Shout out to Jay the Zoomster and Carrie Knight for keeping the show going. Love you boys. Thank you for the financial support. I actually used a bit of that money to uh, buy another Disney movie because I'm only like five away from finishing the collection. I ended up getting Make Mine Music on eBay for like five or so dollars, and that came from the Patreon because uh, like uh, normally I'd have to go out to Goodwill and buy them, and like I don't want to go outside. So you guys are keeping me safe, you're keeping me at home, and you're giving more content to the podcast as a whole because you know I'm going to talk about it now. So yeah. All that sort of fun stuff. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. I've been Aiden of Blue Couch Productions, and I'm signing off. Bye bye.